The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. The Titanic was the biggest ship on the ocean, but that didn't mean it was unsinkable. I want you each to use ombudsman in a sentence next week. I got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official ombudsman of the Desperate Podcast. You like apples? Alrighty, here we are back again. Welcome into another edition of the Just Press Play Pod. We got the the normal crew around. What's up, Pops and L? What up? What Not up? Too much. What's up? You know, just another day. Uh, it's, it's another day where is the is there tampering going on in the NBA? And the question is yes. Um, <laughs> the question is how much? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think the question is is there tampering. It, that we, we we talked a little bit about it. Uh, the the Anthony Davis stuff last week. Or, or whatever we did in the trade deadline pass, and Anthony Davis is now still on the Pelicans, and now Magic Johnson is saying that the the, the Pelicans were negotiating in, in poor faith, which kind of seems like a, a a dumb thing for Magic to come out publicly and say because he still wants to trade for Anthony Davis. He still wants to trade with him. Yeah, yeah, I would, <laughs> and he's got to deal with the Pelicans. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be buttering them up and be. I'd almost like talk about how bad they were just to try to make them feel good about themselves because clearly. The Pelicans were just kind of, it did seem like they were just screwing with the Lakers. And I don't know if you kept up with some of this, LJ. No. But there was like, the Lakers would do a trade offer and the Pelicans never gave a counter. Yeah. But the information kept getting leaked at who the Lakers were offering. Yeah. So by the end of, my trade deadline came up, mm-hmm. basically everybody in the Lakers locker room was on the trading block except for LeBron. So yeah. you got to think that probably does, you know, bother well, the locker what, room just a little I mean, bit. Probably not good for morale, probably. I, that's what I was kind of thinking is like, I'm totally okay with Magic saying something because I know that like uh, fans were chanting like LeBron's going to trade you as people were shooting free yeah. throws the last couple right. of weeks. So um, I could be, I could understand why you'd be upset enough to try to like, you know, force somebody's hand to say, yeah, we were kind of shitty or whatever, but <laughs> So, hey, I hadn't heard that. For real, they were chanting, LeBron's yeah, yeah. going to trade you. Brandon, Brandon Ingram was at the free throw line Wednesday, the night before the trade deadline, oh, and they're chant, the Indiana Pacers fans were tra- chanting, LeBron's going to trade you. So, first off, shout out to the Pacers fan. That's a really good chance. That's, that's good. a good yeah. chance. That's pretty good. Yeah. Do you know, did he, did he make those shots? Because I sure would have been in my head at that point. I think you went one for two, but then they ended up the the Lakers ended up getting beat by like I don't I, almost forty if not forty points in that game, and the Jesus. Pacers are without their best player Victor Oladipo. So clearly, I mean it's just like any job. If we're wow. sitting here, if if you're at your job, Ellen. Everyone there is expendable, and they're looking to replace all of you. Yeah, I'd probably that would affect my day to day work. I think just, yeah, just a little bit. We, uh, yeah. uh, that's the reason that we don't have Tony or Hannah on right now. If we get both of them on at the same time, we might be out of a job. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> but so now the Anthony Davis saga goes on, and now the the funny thing is to me, and we won't spend too much time because we're going to have a a little more deep in depth uh, NBA pod maybe next week, but. Now the the Pelicans were thinking, and we talked about this. They might would rest Anthony Davis because 
Yeah. A, a, a hurt Anthony Davis does nothing for them. His trade value Low plummets. Value. Yeah. So they and, and they're not now they don't want to make the playoffs. They would probably want to tank and have a good pick. So it does behoove them to maybe rest him. But yeah. now all of a sudden the NBA because if you remember the the art the the conversational a year and two years ago and really for the past three years is NBA players resting and and the NBA is trying to make it to where it doesn't happen as much. So the the NBA now threatened the the Pelicans that. If you rest Anthony Davis when he's healthy, then that can warrant uh, either it's a fifty thousand dollar fine or hundred thousand dollar fine. But yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know if the if the that kind of seems like the NBA's just bullying the Pelicans because I, I don't know if they just weren't watching. But at one point, the Rockets just sent Carmelo Anthony home, but didn't quite trade him for like two months. And then LeBron, <laughs> literally two weeks ago, took a game off on it was the Saturday night primetime game against the Warriors, and he did not play because of load management. Was the reason yeah. why he didn't load play. I don't know. management? <laughs> I, I think I'm going to call in my boss tomorrow and be like, "Yeah, I need the day off for load for management." Load management. It's just, <laughs> so, it, but I mean, that sounds like something like a VP of Petroleum Ops takes care of, not a doctor, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like you know, Friday. I'm just I'm not going to be able to come in on Friday because it's load management this week. It's just been tough. So, good lord. Yeah, but it's almost yeah. embarrassing to me that the NBA is going to go to the Pelicans, who really have been screwed by their 25 year old star player, who's under contract for a year and a half, is trying to force his way out before his contract's up. And now the NBA is like, "Well, we don't really care if LeBron takes the night off because he's LeBron, and we don't want to mm-hmm. we don't want to ruffle their feathers." But you're the Pelicans, so we can bully you. I just I felt like I was kind of screwed around for the NBA to do. You got to have two I eyebrows to sit out a game. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, <laughs> And then over, over in the in the NFL, who I mean, I don't know who could have guessed this, but the first uh, team to cause a little controversy over the offseason is the <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers, and Antonio Brown is now demanding a trade. Who would have thought that'd be the first storyline going into the offseason? Is there? You know, what's not of- shocking is that Cleveland was shortly behind. <laughs> Yeah, no. Actually, I guess Cleveland. Cleveland, I guess beat them to it with signing yeah. uh, not to be outdone. And- <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, I just didn't Kareem Hunt's incident happen in Cleveland? Like, shouldn't they? So you know. So I don't know. Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear a little conspiracy? Kevin might might come real quick. Let me let, real quick. Let, let me always. All righty, and and now conspiracy Kevin just walked into the room, and uh, if you he looks remember, a lot like normal Kevin, <laughs> yeah, he does look a lot like him. If you remember, yes, OJ, that happened at a Cleveland hotel, and yeah. some people may have who I don't know where that information came from. All of a sudden, it happened a while back ago, but all of a sudden TMZ got a hold of this this clip. What if I mean, did the the Cleveland Browns have connections in Cleveland? Did they find a way to get a hold of this clip, leak it out to TMZ? Then he gets Kareem Hunt cut, and then who's right there quick to pick him up and sign him to a contract? The Cleveland Browns. I'm just saying. And Jack Dorsey, Dorsey was the guy that signed or drafted him back in the day. I was going to say Dorsey has a connection with him. Dorsey has made it clear that he's not really worried about your uh, the morality of his players. He just wants you to be talented. Can you score touchdowns for me? Is all he's worried about. And, Interesting. Uh, that's questionable. You think so? I kind mean, of, I, I, I kind of got the idea. Dorsey was just saying and. I don't know if I completely disagree. I get, the guy did something despicable, but you deserve a second chance. I mean, come out and apologize and maybe be a force for good. I, I don't think yeah. he needs well, to Dorsey, not play. I, I'm just saying Dorsey showed uh, back in the day when he drafted – he was at Kansas City when they drafted Tyreek Hill. And ah, Tyreek yeah, Hill okay. definitely had some issues coming out of school. No doubt. And a lot of teams You're didn't right. want to touch him. But 
But Dorsey, to my I just dad think saying, it, Tyreek Hill has been a force for good as far as it, I'm aware, and he's changed his ways. And uh, I had guess a as far as I know, he's been a model citizen. I've not heard anything well, negative. And, and I think he's done a lot of charity work for battered women and stuff like that. So, you know, I mean, I might be wrong. We might have a have a, a listener out there who will fact check me and tell me how despicable he is. And I'm totally will, willing to hear that out. But I don't well, I think he's I been just pretty think, great. I just think, you know, these people – yeah, every, the NFL's like people do, like when Dorsey does this. Yeah, you deserve a second chance. He wouldn't deserve a second chance if he didn't think he would be the best running back on his team, right? Well, it, it's like yeah, and Ray then Rice there was like didn't deserve a second chance, and we're not sure completely how much of that is a skill level issue or uh, how bad what he did is. You, I'm not to say what he did was not awful, but yeah, uh, now Ray Ross's skill level shot. was Ray Ross, Ray Ross's skill level was still pretty high at the time. I think that but I thing think got teams, so teams tried him. I think he was a 31-year-old running back who just got well, cut. That's what I'm saying. Oh. I'm saying his value was not uh, to the same level Kareem Hunt's is. Or, I mean, you look at Mike Vick got that big old second chance after, you know, Lord knows how well, many Well, Mike dogs Vick did get a second but. chance after he also went to prison for like multiple years yeah. and lost $100 yeah, million. Which is the way the justice system's supposed to work, right? Right. But, I, and I agree with that. I'm just – it was funny. There's like a comment coming around. Kareem Hunt said something about – uh, he just wants to take pay pay his dues and and accept his time and all this stuff and oh that was a real long time it took him a whole two months to get another contract and get back on an NFL <laughs> yeah. team but, yeah I don't know and maybe he turns uh, his life around who knows but what do you think yeah. Nick Chubb sitting there thinking though I mean didn't he I mean he yeah, had a decent year right what, yeah I would think yeah. if I'm Nick Chubb I'm going what the hell is going on here I, but I think that that's uh because the the thing that you got to think about especially if you're Nick Chubb is. They probably got Kareem Hunt for cheap. I don't know if the details yeah. are out there, but they probably got him for real cheap. And then so now that's just another back to take away some of those carries so you can uh, lengthen your career and maybe make it into the playoffs and not be the only running back on the team. You know, I think that I think Duke Johnson's the person that's probably looking at this saying, well, what the hell? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Nick Chubb's probably all yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Duke Johnson's going to be a wide receiver next year. <laughs> yeah. Kareem Hunt is a better Duke Johnson. There, that's <laughs> I mean, that's just the truth of it. So. <laughs> Uh, the other thing that happened recently, uh, I don't know how much you guys watched. Did y'all guys catch any any of the Grammys that happened over the past weekend? A little bit. Nope. Didn't watch it. Well, I was going to ask about just about maybe I, I want to talk a little on the Grammys, but kind of Please. also just just what is your thoughts, LJ, on award shows? Like, do you really try to tune into award shows? Do they not matter that much to you? No, I hate them. I, I don't see a lot of value in them. I, like getting a nomination is the award. Getting the award is just a, a roll of dice. Like, I don't feel like usually the the things that win things are any better than the things are nominated against the Oscars. I mean, if you look at the best movies and look at the competition, I think half the time that's not true. The Grammys are maybe even worse um, as far as that's concerned. You know, we get all this great work nominated. And like, you know, last year I was looking at some of the stuff about like why people didn't show up um, to the Grammys, which I know you wanted to maybe mention. Uh, and you know, the idea that like 24 karat magic was a better album than anything else it was up against is kind of like, I love Bruno Mars, but like, I, I you know, art like, subjective. Really? So it's kind of hard to say that 24 karat magic was the best out like that. That's the one that I would think would be like, well, it was great. It was well-produced, but you know what I mean? So I don't really care much. What well, shows. well, and, and, and Drake kind of, uh, interestingly, that was part of his point when he won, I think his, uh, one of his songs got rap song of the year or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, when when he when he went up to accept his award, he kind of mentioned he was like, you know, our business isn't like the NBA where it's the best team at the end of holding their trophy is the team that right. won a series. Like they they've proven themselves 
ours is an opinionated business where yeah. you get this award because someone thought I was better than you. And he, yeah, I, I agree with the LJ. I kind of think, I mean, I, Grammys are important. And I think it for anybody who probably won a Grammy, I know my, my girl Casey Musgraves kind of did pretty well at, at the Grammys. I'm sure that was a huge night for her and shout out to all the people that won. But at the same time, yeah, it's art is an opinionated thing. It's yeah. not like the Warriors can say, I am the, we are the best team. Yeah. But because they beat everyone in a seven game series, but a yeah. Grammy just means somebody thought your album was better. But that yeah. all being said, I was watching the Grammys. And I was, what do you think, Pops? What's some of your thoughts on? Well, I think I think you're right. Art is an opinionated thing, but I think that's kind of the charm of it is I can think something's a beautiful piece of art and, you know, you may not. And, and right. art is in the eye of the beholder. Um, yeah. You know, I I think we talked a little bit about it, Kev. I I like them in the sense that they're like football games where you're not just tied to the TV. You can't miss a word. You know, you can have a conversation and watch sure. the Grammys. Yeah. You can comment. Well, on it's it. not like when you throw on uh, an episode of Game of Thrones or Sopranos where right. you just where you have to, 50, 58 minutes where you are quiet watching. But but also, yeah. I, I was impressed with, and I didn't watch it all because we quit and watch True Detective, but um, <laughs> that sounded more interesting. But um, some of the sets, you know, the different sets they had where the, the people played were incredible that, and, and Kevin, you brought her name up. I didn't know that the one that did the the pussy pants that or Janelle whatever. Monet. Yeah, I don't Janelle know. Janelle Monet is my girl. She's I mean, good. Yeah, she I didn't know really before, she but she's on my map good. now. She's on my list. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, she it, was interesting. I mean, it was I kind of a princey sound. Been it, last you know, year. it had a prince yeah, sound. Very prince. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very cool. Cool little sound. I liked her. I liked the sets. I mean, I like to see who won. Um, Casey Musgraves, it made me. So today I get to work and on Spotify, I'm going to pull up and listen to the latest Casey, Casey Musgraves uh, album. And I got so busy, I didn't get to listen to any of it. But so she's yeah. on my radar now to listen to. And especially yeah. because she may be our, my future daughter-in-law, according to Kevin. <laughs> so. Well, I think I think she's either got a husband or a boyfriend. But if the, if, if the chance ever opens up. If that uh, goes south, you're in line. Huh? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I get some enjoyment out of them, you know, but, but yeah, I, well, it's and, not nuts, but I get some enjoyment out of them. On that. I do like to look up the performances like over the next like couple of weeks. Usually I'll, I'll try to catch all of those because those are usually really fun and really worth checking because it's really well, cool collaborations and stuff, yeah. but the actual awards are totally irrelevant to me. Well, that's kind of what's cool about it to me more so than the awards are neat. And I will like see someone win something and, and I might go check out more of them, but the, it's more like one Alicia Keys hosting it. I think she did a fantastic job. She was I'm sure going, she did. Yeah. She once again showed just how freaking talented she was. There was at one point where she was like sitting between two pianos and playing two separate what? pianos at the same time while singing. Wow. It was freaking cool. I don't think that'd be any different than playing one piano with two that, hands, though, is it? Like that that seems pretty I don't know. Don't you kind of look? I don't I don't know. It just seemed cool. It looked awesome. And then, <laughs> Fair enough. And she was funny, and and then there was uh they had a little moment where her and uh Jennifer Lopez and Michelle Obama and there was another girl that came out with them and I'm blanking, but they had like a little it was a thing about women and it was just a cool thing. And then the performances were really good. They're, they did the did you see Dad the the Dolly Parton tribute? Yeah, I did. did. I did see that with uh Casey Musgraves and, and Katy Perry were out there. And that was really cool little performance. And then Miley Cyrus came out. I think that's her goddaughter or something. There's somehow oh, really? some family thing with them. Yeah. Okay. And she came out and sang Jolene with her. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Have you yeah, ever? Dolly Parton. I don't know how old Dolly Parton is, but she still can sing. Dude, Dolly good. Parton's in her 70s for sure. And yeah, I, she'll she'll never lose it. She'll she'll keep singing until she's gone. She's going to be like Betty White. Just, yeah, keep on going. Yeah. 
Yeah. Have you heard, and, and I've heard about it, but I heard more. She was winning like the Music Cares Person of the Year Award because of her, that Dolly Parton book program. Have y'all heard about that? Just no, to no, shed no. some light on. Mm-mm. She does this cool ass thing where she sends like tons of books to to young children throughout the country. It's some crazy number. Let me try to look it up real quick. But it's like this thing that she uh, puts on and she doesn't make any money off of it and just gives a bunch of books to elementary schools. The Imagination Imagination Library. And you can look her up at imaginationlibrary.com and donate to it. But I I want to know how many books it was. At one point, I read like she had given over 100,000 books or a million books and it just is to kids reading and stuff. And wow, that's something that's kind of dying is is reading. Yeah. We don't read enough as it is. So it's cool to see someone who's a music legend like that and putting some some of her platform to a cool, yeah. good note. She truly is Dolly's a music a, legend. That a good lady, for sure. Yeah, yeah no, no doubt. doubt. Absolutely legend. Love her. I'm sorry I didn't but listen it, to her for so many years. Yeah. I mean, that was a huge but mistake. But kind of, to Dad's point, kind of, and and the Oscars is, is similar. That's another award show. Those are the two I kind of, if I'm going to pay attention to, it's probably the Grammys and Oscars. I don't pay attention to all of them. But they will at times... Even if you don't agree with who won, like I didn't watch Moonlight until uh, that one best picture. And then I was like, oh, let me check it. Same with La La Land. I like to look at the nominees and I know chat out Tammy knows and she does this. So I feel like once a year I go back to the house and Liff and Tammy pick out a, a show that a movie that's nominated that none of us have, we haven't seen yeah. yet. Oh yeah. I love the nominations. And, I just don't care about the winners is all. Mm. You just don't value the winner as much yeah. necessarily. Yeah. The, the nomination list, like that's one of my favorite things is go to best foreign films for the for the Oscars. It doesn't matter who wins, but like it's a list of five movies you would have never heard of otherwise that are all fantastic. So, yeah, uh, it's a great list. Well, I want to add, speaking of you don't care who wins, I have to say, LJ, we watched The Shape of Water uh, about two weeks ago. I just watched it, too. Um, by the way. Didn't care much for it at like at all. What did what did I miss? Because I, was, I know you said he is a really good uh, what director or I guess he's yeah, a director. Guillermo del Toro is a genius. Um, and he's got a new set of horror shows coming out or something like that that I'm really excited about. But yeah, I was also very underwhelmed by it. Um, I I basically saw the twist at the end. Uh, spoiler alert! I guess there's a twist. Um, but I saw that like right at the beginning, like in the, the, you know, first 30 minutes of the movie, I knew exactly how it was going to end. And so I was like, so how is he, the genius going to like throw me off my, you know, kilter? And it was just like, oh, he didn't. Okay, cool. That's yeah. That's it fine. was, it was so, okay. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't as in love with it, but I was, it was still beautiful. And it was like, I mean, the sound design was amazing, but, um, but that doesn't make a good movie that makes a good CD. So, um, well, yeah. isn't that part of what won it was? I felt like like the artsy group. I yeah. mean, it was just cinematically, do- how it was very well done. I haven't seen yeah. it, and I well, don't really have a ton of desire to. But just like all of it together, the the music, the yeah. the score, and then and then the cinematic, and the visual effects, and they there's this one scene that like you know in the context it's strange, but if you just look at it as like visual imagery where they. Uh, uh, they flood a room. I don't want to say much more than that, but like just visually, it's just striking and the music is great. Like it's just a really cool scene. But then in the context of the story, it's like, yeah, but they flooded a room. <laughs> You're like, what? They flooded a room. Oh, you can't do that. It's whatever. <laughs> um, but you know, I think that's the kind of movie is it. it it's, it's not a, it's not a Warhol painting of a can. It's like a, a, a Pollock painting. You know what I mean? I, I don't know if that's a great example, but but that's kind of how I felt about it. So while we're talking real quick, while we're talking about movies, one that I know pops just watched because we just watched it this past weekend, but Bohemian Rhapsody was pretty dang good. Yeah, and I, I didn't realize Queen was, I mean, 
when, when when they started playing all the different songs that Queen's done, I was like, man, there's. I just didn't realize how many hits oh. like they, but like, not just man, hits, but like songs that everyone knows. Everyone like, knows. Yes. And, yes. Yes. Yeah. I just didn't realize that by Queen. I mean, I know Queen's right. a big name, but just they did. I think eight different songs at one point where I'm just like, if you play that in any room, everybody's singing along yeah. to it and knows it. Right. That Queen was a big deal. Uh, that struck me yeah. too, Kevin. How think, many people would know by heart? You're you're right. That's a good good pull. Oh man, I've I've loved Queen. Well, for a and long that's time. like yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're the, it was just there was the type of songs that if someone pulled them up on karaoke, all of a sudden the whole room is yeah. singing along to it. And I just didn't realize Queen was that big, and they were. It oh, was, man. The movie was really well done. It was cool. It's definitely worth the watch for anyone out there that hasn't seen it yet. I'll check I just it out. Throw that out there. Agreed. So, taking a complete turn here, LJ, you mentioned something to us kind of pre show while we were just putting some notes together. And I honestly have absolutely no idea what it means, but if you piqued my interest, what the hell is a canary clause? Okay. Um, there's this thing. Uh, well, let, let's take a step back. Okay. So, okay. if. If you're a, a major company, say an Apple or a Reddit or a Facebook that has like access to a bunch of information for people, right? Um, the FBI can say, hey, uh, will you give us information about, let's say, Kevin Luthringer, right? And then Facebook can say, no, I'm not going to do that. And they say, well, we've got a warrant, so you have to. So then what they might want to do is, you know, send Kevin a message saying, hey, FYI, the FBI is looking into you for something, but because of, I think it's the Patriot Act or something like that, you're actually uh, a lot of times not allowed to tell people that they're under investigation, that you gave up information on them and stuff like that. So something that a company like Apple does where your privacy is very important, right? Like what you have on your iPhone is a pretty big deal. What they'll do is they'll have like in their end of year tech reports, they'll have this little thing uh, at the bottom that says we have not served any warrants for full searches on people or anything like that. And then so if you keep watching this month to month to month, and then one day this little warning disappears, then they call that a warrant canary or a canary clause that lets you know that, hey, your information might not be as safe as it was. We we can't tell you who it is or, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, Apple has had this and then they had to they had it for like two years and then it disappeared one day. And so that meant, you know, the FBI has access to some people's stuff, at least, which is um, well, that, really neat that's interesting because that's that's like something we actually it's funny today this morning we talked about it at work or someone was talking about how iPhones have the new feature. It's not that new anymore, but they have the, the Hey Siri feature where yeah. basically whenever I say when you say that to it, if you if it recognizes your voice, then it's it, it pops up. So that means to some extent, to some extent, it's listening to you. It's listening for that. Yeah. So who knows what else it's recording and now to know, you know, I mean. I want, I guess justice is good, but it does, it is kind of freaky that the FBI and government, if they tell Apple, Apple's got a lot of stuff on me right now between my computer and and phone. They know if you ask Apple about Kevin, they got the download on me. Well, and the other thing is that Apple can't say, by the way, we served a warrant for Kevin. Like they have to keep it a secret no matter what happens with this investigation. But so at least that way you'll know that like if you're. Um, if you're worried about the government getting a hold of your stuff for whatever reason, then, you know, that's at least a warning to say, Hey, move your stuff to somewhere else or, or, or they've already got it. But, um, you know, it's, it's a totally interesting concept of how to tattle on the government without breaking the rules. Right. Because essentially um, they're telling you something by omission is what they're doing. Right. Yeah. Well, and do you know where the name ca- comes from? Have you guys ever well, heard like of a canary in a coal uh, mine? Canary mine. You know, you would yes. just carry it around with yeah. you. And in- do you know what this is, Kevin? Not a clue. Y'all are speaking a foreign okay. language to me. 
So this is actually kind of like the anti bird box, right? So uh, the way it works is you would tend to have canaries down in the coal mine with you. Um, and so the dangers of the coal mines is like the gases that are kind of like in these mines might sneak up on you and kill you, you know, carbon monoxide poisoning or something like that without you ever even noticing the effects until, until it's too late. And so what these canaries are for is their bodies are so much, uh, more sensitive to this kind of stuff that once the canary stops chirping, then, you know, you better get the hell out of this cave right now because something bad's going on. And so it's the idea of like hearing, hearing the chirp every month is like everything's fine. And then once you don't hear that chirp, you got to, you know, rethink your tactics or whatever, which is why that name exists. So So, I got a question. Can I ask a question? So yeah, every time I get a new update on Apple or whatever, you know, you got to agree to all these terms. I don't know if anybody does, but Mm -hmm. I just agree. So how would a person like me realize that that disclaimer is no longer there? It would be, would somebody like, A techie notice it and tell everybody, I guess, or fantastic question. This thing is not on those like uh, those end user license agreements or whatever. Uh, But what they are on is like their monthly financial reports or their monthly technological reports that they present to the board or whatever, which are usually if if they're a public company, they're presented to the public or whatever. And so that there are uh, people that keep up with everybody that's got a canary clause or a warrant canary in their uh, their thing and they will notify, you know, they'll put up something on the website whenever one of these goes down. So you would check, I think there's a website called canary watch or something like that. Okay. Uh, com, And so you can see who's got active canaries and who had active canaries and they've gone away and like when they went away and stuff like that. Um, Apple did have one and they actually don't anymore. So the FBI, by the way, can serve a warrant and require them to give you, give them information. And I think it went away right at the same time as the San Bernardino shooting. Uh, if you guys remember that iPhone that they couldn't hack into or whatever, and they were trying to, well, Apple yeah, there's make, some make of that. Door. Well, and there was like something I remember where the FBI tried to gain access through Amazon to listen to an Alexa, like. We want to yeah. use that. We want to use all the files you have to listen in and try to crack this case. Yeah. And I don't think they were able to gain access. They because I get it's an interesting argument between Amazon and Apple because at at one part they're like, yeah, if this person maybe shot a bunch of people, we want to catch them. But yeah, it's 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 kind of shout out to Aunt Corey. It's it's a slippery slope. And if they give <laughs> one person, they give that access to one person, then now. I don't know if I want to have anything, Alexa, because now maybe anytime, you know, I don't think I'm that worried. Like, what am I going to be talking about? But, you know, I just don't well, want but also, necessarily to always be listening on. It's the idea. It's it, the the fear is not that, like, they're going to, you know, catch you making your bombs in the basement or something like that. The fear is that they're going to uh, hear you say enough things that they don't like that if they want to just, you know, put this information out there, it could ruin your life or, you know, enough circumstantial evidence has definitely swayed juries over the course of American history, even though that that technically, you know, they, the person was innocent or whatever, whatever crime they were accused of, but just enough, a mountain of evidence, which every word you've ever said in your kitchen is a mountain of evidence. You could probably, you know, take something out of context and make someone look pretty bad. I wonder, could it be like, you know, they're, they're really not supposed to pull you over right on the street without some calls. Right. I mean, they can't just, right. So it seems like if, if right. say you were in a hotel in Las Vegas and you shot windows out and shot at a, a crowd, then I would think, OK, you can go listen to that guy's Alexa. I mean, you, you know, he, there's probable cause there. Well, I think there is a difference between like when they know that this guy is the guy that did it versus they're trying to hunt for. Who so did just it a or something like that. Maybe. And then the other the other thing is like the idea of like the big thing with the San Bernardino iPhones is if, you know, this guy encrypted his stuff 
uh, with his iPhone or whatever. And so that meant that Apple could unlock the phone if they wanted to, but they didn't think that that was a good precedent to set. And then the other thing is they could then send like a key to the FBI, but then the FBI could then unlock every single encrypted iPhone forever and ever. And so just because it does make sense in this one case to do it, you got to think about the precedents you're setting for investigating everybody for everything all the time. Well, and isn't the the big, like the kind of the scary thought is, so all these companies like whether it be Apple or Google or Facebook, all these different companies have so much data on you individually. Yeah. What happens when the wrong person is ahead of that and starts selling that data? Oh, yeah. Starts That's definitely releasing. Because like, I mean, I'm just thinking like, so for someone with health, like a health insurance company would maybe want to have the access to what I talk about. And maybe that before they sell me health insurance, they want to know, oh, all of a sudden Kevin's been mentioning, you know, he's been having heart problems or having cancer. And now yeah. my price goes way up or maybe they don't even offer it to me because they're worried about me. I just think right. that's where you get nervous is. And we've seen some of it with Zuckerberg and how maybe I don't know how good of a human being he is, but you just all the there's or how much of these a human companies. Being is, but yeah, <laughs> he's a robot. But all these companies <laughs> have so much data on you. And it's great. I think at one point it's great because it serves you and makes them able to serve you the best way. But at the same time, what happens if they start selling it to people and start? Yeah, like, I don't know. There's just a lot of stuff they know about me and you. And, and well, and according to news over the past like couple of months, I mean, Facebook does sell your data to Netflix. Like it's absurd the amount of uh, information that allegedly Netflix was given about our Facebook accounts. Like Netflix was allowed to read our private messages that we've sent to each other, not on our walls or anything like that. Like that's a huge problem. Like just in concept, because who knows what they're doing with that data and who knows who else has got a big enough pocketbook to buy all of my direct messages to people. Like, and I know we've talked about it before. It's kind of neat, but it is, it's, it's also kind of scary. Netflix, usually when they say, like, they'll send me a little notification because I have the app on my phone too. And they'll say, have you checked out? And it's usually like something I would be totally into. And I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, this weekend, I'm going to check out the Ted Bundy documentary. And yeah. like, they know, they know exactly what, what gets me intrigued and every time they, they catch on. So part of it's like, Oh, that's cool. They alerted me. But also part of it's like, damn, they got me like hook, line and sinker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, another thing that like, this is, you know, something I might end up cutting because it's a huge rabbit hole, but conspiracy Kevin might be totally interested in Uh uh, the wealth of information that can just, you know, you can start connecting dots. If you look into the, the, you remember how the DNC, the Democrat uh, committee got hacked by, you know, probably Russia, but who knows who. And, uh, and those emails all ended up on WikiLeaks. You guys know about that? Yeah. 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 So, uh, one of the things that happened in that, I don't know if you guys ever heard of Pizzagate. Does that mean anything to you guys? Uh, something about it, but I I kind of vaguely. Yeah. So basically people combed through these, you know, probably millions of emails and looked for weird links that they could put together and ended up uh, trying to uh, claim that the uh, Democrat chairman or or Hillary's campaign manager, somebody uh, had these like code words for like a pedophilia ring that he was running. And like, uh, you know, to the point that like thousands of people completely believed that this was actually happening, um, even to the point that this one guy went to the pizza place that they allegedly have this pedophile ring with a gun. And like, you know, he didn't actually shoot anybody, but like, you know, it got pretty close and really tense. Mm-hmm. You know, just enough information can start swaying 
thousands of people to where they're just a hundred percent sure that you're an awful person just because you were talking about making pasta and you use the wrong verb. And so people think, well, he must be saying something else or something like, you know what I mean? Like the idea of being taken out of context is horrifying with every single word that you've ever said. Like, yeah. So Warren Canaries help out with that, I guess. to Interesting subject. So on to another interesting subject that I found over, over the past week or so. And I almost brought it up last Sunday. But or when we were recording last, I forget what day it was, but we I, we ended up having enough and I didn't bring it up. But did y'all hear about the this weird thing where apparently customers of a Canadian cryptocurrency exchange may not be able to access like millions of dollars? I did hear about this on like a podcast or something a little bit. Yeah. Well, so I, one, I will go ahead and be right up there with, I don't have a clue. I never got into cryptocurrency and really never wanted to get into it because right. it just sounded too smart for me. Right. I thought this just sounds like a way for, for me to lose a lot of money. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> apparently this uh, Quadriga is the company Quadriga CX and the founder passed away apparently like in December, mm-hmm. unexpectedly due to Crohn's disease. I think he was like traveling to India and he passed away, but it wasn't made public. The wife didn't make it public till a month later. She announced on the website that he's passed away. And oh, by the way, he's the only one that had the access to over like $250 million worth of cryptocurrencies that were in cold wallets or yeah. something, which, and the what are you saying, dad, you look a little perplexed, but what she's saying is like he had a laptop and she now has this laptop. But it's it's locked with passwords and that nobody can get into it. And he's the only one that had the passwords he's gone. now that he's passed he's away. Yeah. So they've even had like security experts try to hack into it and no one can hack into it. It's, it's just locked away. So now these people, like some of these people put money in this and we're going to just retire with that. I was reading one guy was talking about how he was going to, I forget why you would do it, but he was, uh, was going to move to Canada and the best way he thought to do it was he was going to put all his money into this cryptocurrency and then it would still be accessible because it's like a bank or something, mm-hmm. I guess. But now he can't touch that money and there's no way wow. for them to give it. And so now they're going to court and they're filing for a creditor protection. So now like me or you, if we had money in it, we can't go sue them because it's not their fault. They can't give us the money because well, it was but, a guy passing I, away. I want to take a TO. Wouldn't this be like searching the the phones in the incident in California? I mean, couldn't you can unlock it. Somebody can well, unlock this laptop. The thing about the thing about uh, this is actually a little bit different than that because the thing about cryptocurrency is you have your own hash, which is a, a really complicated long password that is untraceable and blah blah blah. I mean, it's in theory traceable, but it would take you know until the end of the universe to to guess your password if you just guess randomly. Anyway, and it's also not like words, so it's not like you're guessing. Um, you know, uh, Lutheringer, uh, and then, you know, uh, where I was, you know, whatever, well, even, but be. even so, so you, isn't there a way to break in without, no, you, you're saying you have to know so, the password. So, yeah. So the reason it's set up this way is if you break in and, and I might be, I'm not super educated on cryptocurrency, but this is the best of my understanding, uh, is you like, this is not like remembering your password and making a transfer out of your capital one account. This is like actually having access to your physical wallet. Um, and, and you have all of your money in cash, like every dime you've got is in cash. So you really need it to be something that is borderline unbreakable. Um, and well, so, you know, and you so you would want, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Al. So you don't write down your password anywhere because somebody, a disgruntled employee of this place could just walk off with a hundred thousand dollars and there's no way to know who did it, what the, 
you know, how, how there's no recourse for it. There's no like, uh, because it's just, I mean, it's theft, but it's like, how would you ever find who did it? If it was just somebody that transferred something through this anonymous, uh, money sharing service. Um, so, you know, keeping these things secret is like tantamount to well, keeping a business like this. Open. Well, and so probably this guy, it was Gerald Cotton. He was like, I think he was 31 years old or 30 years old when he passed away in December. And if, if he's got access to this $250 million, then you would want him to have it, you know, because there's people that make a living or I guess I don't know if it's really making a living, but there's people like hackers go out and try to gain money, like gain access to these cryptocurrencies. That's that's like that's, that's money. Right. Yeah? That's straight up money. So you want to lock it away. But the interesting thing to me is apparently so this cotton hat held. They're claiming that he held 200, the access to $250 million in cold wallets. And I know I've said that a couple of times. So I looked up because I, I didn't know what that meant. And apparently a cold wallet is where cryptocurrency is stored when it's not being actively traded. There's hot wallets and cold wallets. And if you're just storing that money, you're not trying to trade it. You put it in a cold wallet because then it's harder for people to hack. It's, it's like a savings account versus moving a checking around. account, except for, you know, not like with interest. It's just like a different functionality of mm. like what you can pull out easily. But and stuff like so that. this analytics firm, it's called Elementus and others have been analyzing different blockchains for evidence of whether these cold wallets where they're at. And they can't even find them. They said they've looked and there's no there's no proof that there's even cold wallets that exist. And so they're saying Quadriga's story of this, the, the, their, their widower in this company's story doesn't match up to with what they're saying. And now people, now yeah. here, Conspiracy Kevin comes in. <laughs> now people are oh, saying, back. is the guy, is the guy, yeah, he's been coming in and out for yeah. this podcast, but is the guy that passed away actually even dead like some people are like is this a tupac thing where he stored the money and then he, <laughs> this is, dude, this is a it was like he, yeah well so well it's weird you know he, he supposedly he unexpectedly passed away on a trip to indiana or india yeah that can never and happen then, but that yeah but that what well, no but then they didn't tell anybody if yeah if, if you i want to get out in front of this they didn't tell anybody until a yeah. month later and all these people have tons of money well, put in okay. there it's just but suspicious. i could also understand can't find- a grieving widow who realizes that her husband lost 250 million dollars might not want to just say oh by the way just fyi we've lost all of it what i'm surprised about is that we don't have like a like i want to say the original formula for coke is written down on two sheets of paper half the ingredients on one half the ingredients on the other kept in two safes that two different people have access to just in case they ever lose it or something like that. Um, I don't understand why there wasn't two yeah. guys that could have had access to half of this blockchain or half of this hash key or whatever that could have gotten into it. Like why it was all on one guy. Like that's weird to me. That well, seems like I tell you what, I want to tell you guys, if, if, if there's a password you need for, if I have to have a password and I've got to have it, it's written down somewhere. I'm just going to tell you. And if it's so super <laughs> secret that I can't even write it down, you'll be able to figure it out because it can't be too complicated. Well, but you know, but that's the thing is like these passwords are like uh capital Z lowercase F four, four, two, one. And it goes on for 64 characters. Yeah. Like, but I've got like, to, I've got to, got to remember to this in my head. LJ is what I'm saying. So it yeah. can't be. T- oh, too no, nuts. I understand. Oh, I understand. Um, but like, but, but it isn't. And therefore, um, and he, if he is the kind of CEO that's writing down this password, then this company's not worth investing in in the first place. Um, so there needs to be some other situation. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I agree. There's got to be something better than just one guy keeping a 64 character yeah. password in his head all the time. Like, For $200 that million. That dollars, that's just not good yeah. practice. It's absurd. Yeah. yeah. It's a bad idea. <laughs> So it'd be interesting to see. I, I, I'm I'm want to kind of keep up just because my conspiracy button's going off, and I want to see if he's 
if he's over with Tupac in Kenya or wherever Tupac hey, and Biggie are he's hanging not out, and the guy just, was going to do the next fire festival, is he? This isn't that Billy. What's his face? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't Billy McFarland, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it could oh, be. Oh man, oh man, talk about a scammer. Although I want to just throw out real quick, I think that maybe Conspiracy <laughs> Kevin is just regular Kevin with a mustache. I'm pretty sure they're the same person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's Conspiracy Kevin. That's just me normally. Thank you, right? it, LJ. <laughs> speaking, of, uh, speaking of Conspiracy Kevin, I didn't mention this during the Grammys, but did you see uh, – Stevie Wonder, like they gave him, oh they, he God, was supposed to tweet. announce an award, Good Lord. and he and he <laughs> opened up an envelope like he was going to read it. And I think then he realized, oh, all of a sudden, I'm not supposed to be blind. I can't read this, and he then he played it off like he's blind. Joke. I'm just saying, he, yes, <laughs> or he's not oh blind. Oh my God! No, I'm just not, saying, no. If someone in that crowd would have thrown a shoe at him, he probably would have dodged it. I'm just yeah, throwing that out. There. He's walked on the I mean, I hope too, somebody but. would yell, Stevie, shoe. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, he he can't see. Anyway, um, let's see. Anyway, Kevin, we'll have to put that in the damn show notes now, and I don't want to give you the pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys have any issues with GMO food? Like, do you what? What do you think of GMO? Like, is a GMO uh, non-GMO food better in your opinion? I don't really know much about them to tell you the truth. Well, I mean, I so a, a GMO, a, a growth. What is it? A growth modifier? Genetically uh, modified. What, what's it? Genetically modified. It's like where they make a. Uh, uh, corn better right with more yield or they make uh, mm-hmm. uh an apple or, or an orange easier to peel or with a Absolutely. natural yeah. uh herbicide it, they'll give it some enzyme that means it'll kind of keep fruit flies think, away or i think these are the most like important that. ones yeah the the ones that have more uh more meat to the fruit are big ones or more you know whatever uh yield from the wheat and then the herbicides yeah those are the really big ones um, that like, if you can have a natural herbicide, that's not going to cause an issue with your food, then that can feed millions more. Right. Like that's, and then the other thing is like, if you can make like a, a wheat like product that doesn't require nearly as much water, then that's certainly saving a lot of people. But part of the argument in the LJ is kind of like the, the old CRISPR thing, right? Aren't they kind of messing with the DNA of the plant and the, uh, I guess even the chickens, they, I mean, they're genetically modified chickens to have larger breasts. Yeah, um, because they sell them better. So at some point, well, and I do I do feel like there is at least an argument with a like a living creature. You see some of these chickens that have been modified to like, you know, have larger uh, meat and stuff like that. Like they don't look like they get around really well. But when it comes right. to a fruit, I have no idea why it wouldn't be. We've been genetically modifying since the, uh, you know, the the dawn of time. We just didn't it's know why we can feed called. the planet. Right. Because we've genetically modified to. I mean, the idea of uh, of cross pollinization uh, was, you know, come up with by like Gregor Mendel, uh, who found out maybe Mendeleev. I think it's Mendel uh, who uh, who figured out genetics in peas using Punnett squares. And uh, and and he learned how to make peas bigger and more effective. And this was like back in the 1200s or something like that. Like we've been genetically modifying things for a long time. We just didn't have the tools to do it as well as we do now. Like we just had to waste thousands of generations of peas to get a good pea, you know, whereas now we can do it a lot quicker and a lot more effectively. I get all that, but there is something about eating kind of like eating foods that seem to be more wholesome and less yeah. genetically modified. I mean, I, well, I'm, not more wholesome, I'm not against it. I'm not against it. Well, because it's, it's as, I don't know, it's as nature intended it to be again. I don't, well, but it's not though. Let's look up a, uh, uh, like when you get some time, look up a picture of like 
uh, corn before we started cultivating it and look up a picture of a watermelon before we started cultivating it. They are they're the natural original version. They'd be completely inedible by today's standards. Like you just could not eat them. There's nothing to them. We've so been genetically LJ, modifying since we started. So planting. as part of what you're saying, why wouldn't like why would I not want the best chicken you can genetically modify well, to and make? I, I would stick to because like uh, like I said earlier, a living thing definitely like has other effects. Like when you think of like genetically modifying a chicken to give it bigger breasts, like will it be able to walk as well? Will it be able to run as well? Will it have any quality of life? Like that does affect my opinion. But when we're talking about a potato. Like, yeah, make that thing grow as big and as potatoy, and uh, make that thing fry up in a French fry better than any potato you've ever created. Like, I'm down for I that. I don't care how you do it, but I just want a plate full of taters. I, yeah. And I want it to go like this. I'm sorry, that's bad for radio land. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like, make but, the biggest, juiciest tomatoes you can make. Like, why why stop it at, uh, well, we want to do it Because what, the what are they plugging? Like, what are they like? I don't know because you're now I'm consuming that. So like, what are you now? Now I might want to know what are you putting all into my food that not, now I'm consuming? Like, are you well, throwing steroids into chicken? Or are you throwing like, what all are we talking about? But Which, I, I mean, don't even he, know what genetic he's, he's on plants though, with more. And I, I'm kind of with you on plants, but I think one of the dangers I want to bring about is that, and maybe this is more in the organic field, but if they use certain kinds of herbicides to keep bugs away from corn and then you ingest some of that insecticide yeah. or herbicide yeah. now there right. so so maybe i'm saying that i would probably be more in tune if i'm thinking correctly to have organic vegetable than i might a non gmo vegetable i maybe i would say the the thing that i know of as far as gmo goes though is like you can potentially take the thing out of corn that the that the locusts are attracted to or whatever corn uh predator you have Instead of making that thing have an herbicide that, yeah, like uh, putting herbicides on crops can do, it, it can not only damage you, but it can damage the land and it can damage all the wildlife around. Like it can damage a lot. But if you can make corn that just doesn't smell all that good to the bugs that like to eat it, then, you know, why why the hell not? With no so other make a good like, argument. notable effect. So yeah. maybe I would rather have something that's GMO than uh, non-organic, you know, I guess. Well, and if you can make it right? take less water and you can take it to where it uh, produces more yield, then like, you know, instead of having, you know, uh, it, you could then take your surplus and just donate it to people that don't have food. Like it, it would, instead of, you know, paying extra for people to have grown it um, from a seed that they haven't tampered with at all. Like, I, you know, I just, as long as the tampering doesn't cause radioactivity, then I don't really see much of an issue. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's true. I don't want to glow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That'd be kind of cool, but well, hard to sleep. Be good for night golf. Um. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I glowed. Excuse me. Let me just crack my arm. So. <laughs> <laughs> but so it, it's about. It was about spending on Valentine's Day, and this this new apparently. What men plan to spend and what women plan to spend are not only different, but also the what both genders expect. So bankrate.com did a survey. Already. Yeah, tell me something I don't know, but I, yeah, let me hear the particulars. <laughs> the the survey, just on guess, just men on the survey, men plan to spend on average of blank on their partners for Valentine's Day. What do you think it is? 150. Oh, less than that. The, uh, the survey, uh, now the survey found... That men plan to spend three hundred and thirty nine dollars on their partners for Valentine's Day. Wow! Uh, While women <laughs> said, I, erase, yeah. erase that out of the like podcast. I've never been a good LJ. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want Tammy to hear and that. Then, <laughs> and then it says they found that women plan to spend significantly less, saying that they mm-hmm. will expect to spend an average of sixty four dollars 
on their partner. What? But did that's they ask not what people I've... at a yacht club or like I don't understand <laughs> where they got these. <laughs> but what was weird is the according to the survey was it's not what they plan to spend; it's what men and women expect their other their partner to spend on them. And it said that men expect their partner to spend to around two hundred and eleven dollars on them, no. while women only expect their partners to spend one hundred and fifty dollars on them. Wow! What I mean, I just. One, these numbers just completely blow them out. It makes me feel sorry for any, any Valentine I was getting a gift for because I've never even thought about spending three hundred dollars for Valentine's. No. I think I did no. that, but once. and also and it was the, like I'm kind of one. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And I'm kind of like LJ. I'm I'm wondering what the survey like. What I don't know how many men that are expecting. Like, what are you wanting for two hundred and eleven dollars? Are you wanting like some, I guess like some tickets to like some like a play well, or no, a, a, I'm a game you, or they, something? Think about this. This is pretty easy to do. So, um, you know, you're going to get flowers. There's probably you get a nice bouquet of flowers. You're probably getting close to a hundred dollars. You're getting close to a hundred bucks. That's you fair. know. Yeah. Now let's go out to eat to a really nice restaurant. You're talking another hundred dollars easily, maybe a hundred and twenty-five, depending on where you go. So now you're up at two twenty-five, two fifty, and and then and then yeah. you let's let's get a, a necklace or some earrings chocolates. or chocolates, you know, chocolates I mean, and some wine. You're getting close to that three hundred dollar mark, reasonably easy. Yeah, I guess you get there pretty yeah. quick, you don't know? you? And if you're going out to a nice restaurant, you're probably not getting barefoot wine or something out of a box. Like you're probably getting no, something pretty. You're gonna nice get something and, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I can see that. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know many of my friends that spend anywhere near that much on Valentine's. Um, but I also know that I work in a community of starving artists. So <laughs> my experience is not exactly the same as the rest of the world. But that's absurd to me that those numbers are that that uh, separated too. Like that, I don't know what that implies. That men spend too much and think too much about it maybe? Or I don't well, know. Well, I know what you, what you could do if you're out there and you're looking for something to do for Valentine's. Maybe you haven't got your gifts last second. You're listening to this maybe on Valentine's Day. Yeah. What you can do, you might be in trouble. And you can, yeah. Well, you can spend that money, and you actually are going to look good. Just head over to Tick Splits; they're the official ticket provider of the Just Press Play podcast. Okay. And unlike other ticket providers, where you see all those like you know the ticket pops up eighty nine, and then you end up spending that three hundred dollars on all the different fees and all the bull crap. What you see is what you pay for over at, at Tick Splits. And if you go in there and put the promo code Armchair at checkout, then you'll receive five percent off your total ticket purchase. So. Hit wow. up there. I mean, if you if you're if you're a woman out here listening, and you want to like maybe maybe your your boyfriend or, or or husband's a big Luca fan, and you want to go to catch a Mavericks game, <laughs> head over to Ticksbooks, or maybe <laughs> like like me and Pops did, or maybe you're you're looking for something to get your wife. If if you haven't got your wife or girlfriend or anything, and this you're listening to this on Valentine's morning, get busy. In trouble, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, it's too late. But, you can find tickets to like a play or, or something at Ticksplits. There's all kinds of stuff on there. They got everything. And if you put that promo code armchair into Ticksplits.com, that's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z, then you will uh, receive a little extra little extra percent off your, your checkout. So Because you can't spell romance without JPP. <laughs> that is correct. You Thank you, LJ. <laughs> what I'm talking about. You know, just tying up some loose ends here as we get ready maybe to go out. I was, we talked about this LJ before the Super Bowl on the prop bets. And one of them was whether, uh, what would end, what would ha- end first, the Super Bowl or James Harden's 30 point scoring yeah. streak. Okay. Uh, still today, James Harden still has not <laughs> scored under 30 points in a game. And now, <laughs> wow. one of them was the other night he was playing against the Mavericks. And at one point they were up, uh, plus, more than 15, close to 20 with like 45 seconds left. And he was still in the game and he had yeah. 29 points and he was kind of jacking up some shots. It's clearly 
He knew how many yeah. points he was going. The coach knew what he was doing. And he hit the three with like 17, 45 seconds left. And that put him at 32. And then they subbed him out. So my question <laughs> was going to be to you guys. He started catching a lot of grief because he's stat chasing. But I mean, do y'all have any problem with that? I mean, he's trying, he's also chasing history. Sometimes you got to, got to chase stats a little bit. Well, I mean, Pops, what do you think? Do you have any issue oh, with ahead. him? Yeah. I, no, you go first. Dan. I, I don't particularly love it, but I don't have a problem with it either. I mean, you know, you're right. It's historical. I, don't particularly like it. That's just the truth, but I don't care. Why not? Why not? Because, I mean, the, yeah. the, I, I, I think it would be better to set that record in the flow of the game. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm not one of those that uh, Jason Witten's got a six-game catch streak or a 30-game or whatever it is that we got to get him a, a pass if it hurts the offense. It's got to work with the offense. So, uh, you know, if they were up, what was the score in the game? They were up quite a bit, Kevin, did you say, against Dallas? They were up by 17 with 40 seconds left, or with less than two minutes left, and they kept him in, he was jacking up, and he got that three with 45 seconds So I'm just telling you, left. here's how I feel about it. If that was me and my team is up, and, and I'm like, you know, he's, he's a good player, he's a leader in our locker room, and it seems important to him, and it brings notoriety to our team, I'm like, Harden, go out there and get you another point, and let's get, get your ass on the bench. You know, I'd be okay with it. Yeah. If the game's in any way in jeopardy or whatever, and probably they would all agree with this, even Harden, you know, he's not going out there necessarily trying to hurt his team to get that 30th point so well if you're the Rockets also uh, Mm -hmm. if the game's anywhere within reach you probably are putting the ball in James Harden's hand and hoping he should the only time he's going out of his way is when they ought to be benching him right so so I don't have any issue with that unless well, you're considering and, possibly an injury, yeah. but, but I mean his job and, is to score a lot of points every game so and when we look back and if he ends up it's funny now I think he's third all time on uh the longest streak of 30 point games he passed Kevin Durant and Michael Jordan were like three and four and the the two the two in front of him are Wilt Chamberlain at one and Wilt Chamberlain at two at like some incredible <laughs> numbers they're like he went like three straight seasons of scoring 30 points or more in every single game but I don't think when we look back at it like three years from now, we go, do you remember that stretch where James Harden had 33 straight games of 30 points or more or whatever? You're not going to go, but yeah, do you remember in game 21? (laughs) I mean, hell, Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game, I just looked up the box score to that one. They beat the New York Knickerbockers by 22 points, and he was scoring towards the end of that game. If you go look at the the score by score, and all we remember is Wilt – and that hundred point little photograph, we don't. Yeah, because nobody saw it because it wasn't then. on TV. But you know, <laughs> yeah, but it's just but, like you know, that. the other it's thing you like, do remember is there is like a degree of how much does that help the team? Because you, what you remember with that, what I think of anytime I hear about a uh, Will Chamberlain stat is my next thought is how many championships does Bill Russell have? Um, and and so I do think that there is some efficacy to the idea of. You know, is it helping the team or hurting the team to just go out there and get your get your numbers? But I also can't imagine scoring a hundred in a night hurt your team. Like I just can't see how that happens. Well, but but to that so. same to that, let me piggyback on that to say it might make me want to catch. You know, oh Houston, uh, the, the the Rockets are playing on Thursday night NBA. I might want to check it out. Or was it Thursday night on TNT? NBA on TNT. Might want to check yeah. it out. Just see mm-hmm. is he going to get it again? So it brings more interest to the Rockets. Maybe gets them more television time. You know, so it could be good for the team. The only negative I can see is if if he gets hurt. If he gets hurt when he shouldn't would, be out. That there. would suck. That's yeah, the and that's a that big negative. A and that's a big negative. If he rolls an ankle when they're up twenty against Dallas, who's a below five hundred team, and now he can't yep. play in the playoffs or something, that that's a big deal. Yep. Yeah. yeah, but at the right. same time, I'm 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 a, on the mindset. If I'm a player in the NBA, which I'm a, I'm a long way from that, in case anyone was wondering, 
But if I'm a player in the NBA and, I, and I'm in, entering the fourth quarter with like 65 points or something, I'm asking the coach, you better leave me in there because I'm trying to catch Kobe's 81-point game or something. You know, I'm chasing history because at the end of the day, you got to chase stats at at some point to chase history, I think. Well, it's the and coach's job to pull him out too. If if he shouldn't be out there, it's not, it's not ever going to be James Harden's fault that he was going for 30 points. That's stupid to blame him for that. It's the coach's fault yeah, for not pulling him. It's the same with concussions, right? You can't blame yeah. a quarterback for wanting to go back out there and play. You just got to stop him. Yeah. I'm jumping sports a little bit on you, but LJ, did you see where uh, Demarius Thomas got cut by the Texans? Yeah, I don't like that. Mm. I mean, it's a, it, it makes just, sense, but I just Well, to it. me, it just showed another reason why, why I probably wouldn't want to, if I could be any athlete of any sport, why I probably don't want to go to football because like – yeah. It said so he he failed he failed a, a physical designation and so they were able to cut him and that relieves that creates fourteen million dollars in cap space and mm-hmm. I think he was supposed to make like twelve million dollars if he would have stayed on the roster and it just is the NFL and their contracts like it's no real risk for the team if the player gets hurt you just peace just out later we're going to save that fourteen million yeah. but if the player yeah. way outperforms this contract then like your Earl Thomas then you're like no 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 you signed this contract you need to honor your contract and and make them right. play through it. Right. It just is funny. And if I'm if I'm a guy wanting to become if I'm a like with a kid one day, I'm wanting to be go like John Wall. John Wall signed that big two hundred million dollar deal. And now he apparently ruptured his Achilles in his own home, falling down or yeah, something. I, it doesn't yeah. matter. That money's still all guaranteed. He's still going to make thirty yeah. million dollars this year and not touch the court. And the NFL is just what have you done? What can you do for me right now? Well, if you can't do anything, then well, Kevin, so with I that wanna, in mind, what do you think about Kyler Murray? Exactly. Kyler Murray just exactly chose football over baseball. And from what I've read, it's because he could be like a late first rounder and still get more guaranteed money than he can in the major well, leagues. To me, I think well, the, the difference in that one, leagues, the difference in that one to me is Kyler Murray plays quarterback. Yeah. If I'm Kyler Murray and I play receiver or defensive back or running back, I'm probably choosing baseball, but quarterback Good is just point. different. They protect you. They protect your quarterback. Plus, the money quarterbacks make is just as we've talked right. about. You can be Kirk Cousins isn't one of the five best quarterbacks in the league, and he's making 88 million guaranteed, all fully guaranteed. Yeah. So, yeah, Blake Blake Bortles made 20 million dollars this past year and couldn't even finish out the season. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I agree with you totally. Like being a quarterback means that he doesn't like to get more money than that. He's got to be like a right. Uh, a Rob contract level, you know, he's got to be making that like top percentage of the league as an outfielder, which is hard to do compared to is a quarterback, which is already the highest paid position. And I mean, also he's just be in the top 10 to make more than he probably ever yeah, made. Fair point. And Good piggybacking game. on that a little bit, it, if he is a, a first round pick, I don't know where he gets taken in the first round, but if he's a first round pick, then you're, if you take a quarterback in the first round, that guy is going to see the, he's going to start at some point. You can't bench a guy that you're taking the first round. Like fans are just going to want to see him. Whereas the A's, if he gets drafted, he got drafted in the first round, but he's going to have to go play double A ball where they're riding around. Yep. I, 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 if you've heard about double A ball, they're riding around on buses. They're staying at cheap hotels. I mean, it's not near as glamorous as being the quarterback of one of 32 teams in the NFL. And maybe he flames out after four years and he could probably still try to kick the tires on baseball. If he doesn't yes, he can. So, yeah. yeah, very true. Very true. So it doesn't, it doesn't, I think LJ was on this, I think before the year. And, and I think if you're the A's, you probably don't necessarily regret drafting because you're, when they draft him, they're saying, well, if he does go out and win Heisman as good as he wants to be a quarterback, he probably does choose quarterback over this. But if he would have come out and flailed out, I, 
I think LJ was on this way ahead of time, and he was like, "If he's going pro in, ba- or in football, and he's going to go be play quarterback because the, it's a the thing that's crazy though position. is this dude might be the most powerful college athlete in uh, sports right now because what he can do is if say the Broncos say we're thinking about drafting you, he can be like, uh, I might play baseball then. You know, like if he if he doesn't like a situation, he can just say, yeah, I'm not going to do it. So he has like all it, of the cards. Well. Like if Arizona, like I don't know, Arizona has number one. Over. It's interesting with Arizona. Cliff Kingsbury a year last last fall said he loved Kyler Murray, and if Kyler Murray yeah. was in the NFL draft, he'd take him number one overall. Now Cliff Kingsbury's at Arizona with number one <laughs> overall pick and a former first round quarterback that he took just last year. He didn't take him. Yeah. So it's interesting to see what'll happen there. But yeah, if you're Kyler Murray, just like old Eli Manning did back way back in the day, and didn't want to go to San Diego, except for Kyler Murray as a real, like he can just say no. I'll go play baseball. I got guaranteed money yeah. to go play baseball I, for the A's. I, and shout out to Granddaddy. I know how much you loved uh, John Elway. Say, so, uh, for that I was going to say, there was another guy <laughs> in the Denver Broncos quarterback yeah, room. Yeah, the same thing. So I don't have any problem with that. If a player can try to decide where they end up, I say go for it. Like, why put yourself in a crappy situation for three, maybe four years? Um, it's just impressive how much power he's got now. Like, he can basically decide where he goes within the top 10 or so teams. I don't know. Did or you guys see? 10, sorry. Speaking speaking of Kyler Murray, did you guys see oh, during Super Bowl week before he kind of did the rounds on Radio Row? He's on like the Dan Patrick Show and the Rich Eisen Show, and I think he did maybe the Herd or something. He was doing it a couple of different hits, and they were asking him questions, and like they were asking, "Are you going to be in the combine?" He just kept going, "Oh, I don't know." It was a terrible, terrible interview, and he was yeah. awful, and he looked like he was surprised by the questions that he was getting, and I don't know who's coaching him up, but you had to know if you're doing Radio Row questions. Where all we want to know is he going to do the combine or not? And he looked like he was shocked that they were asking him, "Are you going to go report for the A's or go to the combine?" And he was like, "Um, I don't know. Why do you have to ask me those questions?" Like, what do you mean? <laughs> you knew that he, whoever. I just thought he looked terrible in the interviews, and I don't think that should affect his draft because at the end of the day, it, you're not worried about what he can do on a radio interview. You're worried about what he can do on the field. But I just right. think whoever's coaching him up should have been like, "All right, here's your canned answer where you can say." I'm still exploring my options. I loved yep. the option of playing quarterback, but I also love the A's and they drafted me in the first round. Like anybody could have taught him just here's a can answer. And he looked yeah. like he was shell shocked by that yeah. answer and blindsided by that question. <laughs> just he needs better, that's he needs funny. better people around him, I think, but that's neither here nor there. So I think that'll probably do it for this week's JPP pod. Do you guys have anything else you want to throw out there before we get out of here? No. No. I think we kind of we kind of touched on it all. Oh, by the way, I saw this on Twitter today. This was on on Tuesday earlier. Jose Canseco tweeted out that if you would like to go on a Bigfoot and alien excursion with Jose Canseco, yes, he's tweeting in third person, you can contact Morgan <laughs> Management. And he, let, he even put a number out there at 702-374-3735. So, I mean, I'd like to go on a Bigfoot excursion. That be that sounds well, What about cool. the alien part? Where Where is he going for the alien excursion? At that uh, it, the tweet is very brief. It just says that right there. Go on a Bigfoot Nailing excursion with Jose Canseco. Contact this number. I'm in. I don't I'm know in. if he has a plan or if we're just going to go all over the place, but we'll see. Maybe we can be the first men on the Let's moon. Let's podcast out there. We're here with Canseco. We're looking Man, for Bigfoot or aliens. We, <laughs> we're not sure. We think we saw one. <laughs> the, the the JPP pod would reach another level if we can do a series with Jose Canseco on alien and, and Bigfoot excursions and report back you week know, to week. That would be fantastic. We will have made it. Can we get Kyrie? Out. Let's yeah, get Kyrie to go with know. us too. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
and Kyler Murray to try to decide whether we saw an alien or a Bigfoot, and he won't have an answer <laughs> yeah. for it. So. He'll be blindsided by the question. So. <laughs> All right, I think that'll do oh, it for man. another week. Pre- appreciate you listening to us, and make sure you're going out on uh, iTunes or, or Spotify, wherever you go and get your podcast, and, and rate and review us. Give us a five-star, or if you don't think we're five stars, just don't worry about the rating, but give us a review. Let us know what you think, and uh, subscribe, and keep, keep, keep checking in with us. We appreciate you. Hey, Siri, subscribe to Just Press Play. Peace out. Peace. <laughs> Peace. See the guy. This is random, but the, the, apparently some guy in Houston. We were in a story today on the news, but this guy was wanting to find a house to go get high at, and he found this house that apparently was abandoned. And then he found a lion in a cage inside the house. Like, or no, no, not a lion, a tiger, like a real live tiger. When he found it, and so he called the cops. <laughs> well, so he called he called police and told them. The police thought the same thing. They were like. Now, it's just because I think he told police, just like, uh, I was going to smoke in the house party and say, what is smoking? ayahuasca right now. <laughs> but they were like, is this, did this guy already smoke and he's just high as hell calling dispatch? And they went, and there was this full-grown effing tiger in there. <laughs> Apparently the house was abandoned, but someone's been feeding and taking care of the tiger. And it was like a real playful thing. It was rolling around in the cage, and it was cute as hell. But, man. Wow. That, wow. Talk about... I,